sweet. So beautifully sweet. And that's what I love about George C. Stagg, is it's always sweet. And I love a sweet, powerful whiskey. Dude, I, I'm all about the mouthfeel on this. Mm. It is perfect. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should. And you probably are. And that's why we like you. This is a very fun episode. In fact, uh, we are drinking George T. Stagg from the 2020 Antique Collection from Buffalo Trace this, this episode. Uh, before we talk more about that, I wanted to get into some business. Every few episodes, you know, I don't like to talk too much about Patreon, but we do have a Patreon and we do actually need your support. If you're a huge fan of the show, uh, maybe one way you can really support us is hitting us up on Patreon. We give back, uh, you get samples, you get, uh, things like maybe a flask or a cool, uh, chill filtered glass or other things like that. Uh, we take care of you if you take care of us and, uh, keep an eye out, uh, Patreon subscribers. We're hoping to do soon a like sample uh, sharing soon. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, and that's just one way you can support us, and that's by going to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. And that's all I'm going to say about Patreon for now. Uh, like I said, we're drinking George T. Stagg, the 2020 release, which hasn't even hit shelves yet. And so we're what? really, we're stoked. So this is, uh, for those who don't know, we have been uh, very graciously uh, handed some of the samples from the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection for 2020 before released to the public. So we're so grateful to Buffalo Trace. Of course, we're going to give a uh, subjective or objective? Objective. Objective review of this bottle, uh, like we did two weeks ago with the Sazerac 18, which we loved like we did last week with the uh, Thomas H. Handy, which we liked, uh, didn't love. I don't think either of us loved it. Um, Yeah. But that's how we do it here at Chill Filtered. So um, before I go any further in talking about the whiskey, I want to hear how your week's been, Robbie. It's been a pretty good week. Uh, We're in uh, Boise here. We're getting like the 70 upper 70s low 80s kind of weather which is oh that's awesome. beautiful yeah that's it fall is, right there yeah. you go to yeah i go to work with a, a light jacket on and i Ooh. you know and the heater on in the morning i come back with the ac on it's the, the, to me that's perfect and then you get home and the kids play in the backyard or the front ah. yard and and like it's just perfect weather right now I so miss it's fall. Really, it's yeah it's really i what do you, what are you guys at in phoenix uh, we actually today is the last day of a hundred degree weather uh, in Phoenix, oh, so we're we're God. we're making the turn ourselves. <laughs> but in Phoenix, that's like that's like a huge milestone in the year. Is where it's you like bro- when you go of under jeans on kind of weather. Yeah, you start doubling up on the jeans. You wear you wear cutoffs <laughs> underneath your jeans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, wait, what was it? Um, my who's someone recently? I don't know if it was my sister. Yeah, it was my oldest sister. She goes, yeah, I noticed you were hiking in jeans. Do you never not wear jeans? <laughs> and I was like, pretty oh much my not. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So speaking of pants, my wife yeah. this week bought me some like, uh, I don't know if they're Gap or they're Old Navy. Uh-huh. But it's like this stretchy khaki pant stuff. 
Um, <laughs> they're so stinking comfortable. It just, it nice. feels like I'm wearing sweatpants. And like on Saturday, I just put some, or no, it was Sunday. We were getting ready to watch the Seahawks game and I got done doing yard work and working out and I put my Seahawks jersey on and I put on these like new stretchy pants like that I would wear to work because they're just so comfortable. And I was like, uh-huh. uh, are you going to work today? And I was like, no, nah, man, these are comfortable. So I'm like, I cannot do a pair of jeans every single day, but like there's certain pants that just, if it uh-huh. stretches and feels good, I can do that. I don't know how you do jeans. It, I, well, to even defend myself a little bit is that, uh, well, this it doesn't fully defend myself because I wore jeans like for the past how many years? I don't even know. But recently, American Eagle has been doing somewhat stretchy jeans. Not like mom jeans stretchy, like not just the waistband. Like the, there's a little bit of give and take if you if you stretch out the fabric of my jeans. So that helps because because it's not it's not like too tight, you know, or anything like. That. There is a little give and take. So to defend myself okay. a little bit, but yeah. Okay, yeah, I get that, but still, it's just it's not super breathable. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. in Boise, weather has turned. It was nice last weekend. We did, uh, you know, this week we've done a couple of little uh, fires out in the fire pit and done s'mores uh-huh. and just kind of hung outside, which is nice. And uh, this weekend we're gonna, I'm, we're getting rainy and we're gonna be in like the 60s and upper 50s. So I'm gonna do some stew and some homemade bread, nice. which is, it just feels like fall for sure. Um, and then, yeah, and like take, taking the girls for walks, like the neighbors got their Halloween decorations out, and they're all like, "Oh, that's spooky!" So we spooky. Had, we had a we, yeah, we put up some uh, some spooky decorations ourselves. That's and cute. So yeah, no, it's a good time of year. Like things are things are feeling good, and you know it's fun to get a little bit of, uh, you know, traditional holiday stuff. It feels, I guess, uh, from during the COVID era. So it's been a good yeah. week, man. No, yeah, for awesome. sure. How's your week been, bud? You're up in Montana right now? No, I'm in Colorado finally. Uh, I was oh, in back. Okay. originally Wyoming in Jackson Hole. Oh, okay, Wyoming. Did some like fishing. Actually caught uh, with, I caught my first keeper of my life. You know, like that one oh, that really? we could take home and like cook. Uh, yeah, I've never caught a keeper my whole life. And I'm 30 years old now. And uh, so that was awesome. And then I did a little fly fishing. And that was okay. fun because yeah. I have never fly fishered before or whatever the, I don't know, people, I don't sportsy. Yeah, fly fished. <laughs> and, um, and I caught a fish that way. It wasn't a keeper, but I caught a fish going fly fishing, which I was like so nice, you know, amped about. Uh, and then my dad and I, we took a trip down to Utah via Idaho and Salt Lake City. And then we went like south of Salt Lake, we went to, um, what is it? Moab area where uh, arches okay. and uh, canyonlands are, uh, national parks. So that was fun. Nice, yeah. And I learned a lot about my dad, um, partly because he wanted to hang out with his um, friend Bill. A shout out to Bill and his wife Lisa, um, because they What's housed up, us for What's a up, night. Bill? Yeah. What up, guys? But I also found out that my dad <laughs> was quite the uh, funny, or at least his roommates in college were quite the uh the hilarious bunch because i just found out that they uh, it's a long story actually you know what i'll save that story for another time remind me to explain to you sparky bread sacks sometimes 
sometime <laughs> in the future because we're also I, I told Robbie this at the beginning before we recorded I was like I don't want to go too long because we, we've been we've been definitely pushing the boundaries on how long we're shooting the breeze so we want to reel that back a little bit so people aren't like get to the good stuff man but we still want to be real and be, tell about our lives but I'll talk about Sparky bread sacks another time um, <laughs> but it was super fun we, we went camping in Moab and we um yeah, just had a good time. We, uh, you know, cooked camping food and jumped in the Colorado River. And you know what I realized, though? And this is just me, is that I don't know. First of all, hiking, I probably, sadly for people, I probably like hiking even less now. Even though there was no oh, problem no. with hiking. There was no, like... um like there was no point where I was like, I can't do this. It just, just, it just reminded me I'm hiking's not for me. Um, but I'll do it. And like, and don't get me wrong. I was at like 6,600 feet elevation. You know, some people would be out of breath. I was doing fine. Like I was just hiking left and right miles and miles, but I just kind of felt like I just don't dig this. But you know what I did really dig while we were hiking? Um, so I, Earth. Sort of. You know, they don't make Earth anymore, Cole. They certainly don't make Earth anymore. Um, <laughs> but you'll love this, too. Um, juniper trees in yeah. Canyonlands were some of the most beautiful trees I've ever seen in my life. Um, what and about, so I what realized... What trees did you love? What about um, them did you love? Well, I just loved that they were, you know, like like a good juniper tree has like some nice twists in the branches and some parts are dead, some parts are alive. That's what I love. Like is that it's, it's just a work of art, these juniper trees. And plus they're called juniper, which is one of my favorite little girls in the world. And um, mine too. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it, it's just, this, it sounds silly. It really does. But I realized that I am not blown away by this epic canyon but I am blown away by a tree. And I was taking okay. more pictures in the end of the juniper trees that were just gorgeous to me. But I think what it is, and this has kind of always been the case for me, large scale things don't blow my mind. Um, but like okay. smaller scale things do. And don't get me wrong, like I love this, the trees in Sequoia National Park, but in a way that's like a smaller scale thing to me, even though they're enormous. It wasn't the enormity that, that blew my mind. It was the fact that this is a tree and this is like just this living thing that is so big, but it's also like so intricate. Uh, so I realized I like the intricacies of life more than I like the explosively big things. Um, gotcha. So, but I, I figured that out this week. So I was, I was kind of happy about that. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So there's something good about hiking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'll know, hike, yeah, for the trees, maybe. Do you know what my favorite tree is? What's that? Finley a tree? Roman Cy no, a Roman cypress. I love freaking Roman cypress trees. They're amazing. What is that? What's special about them? I, I can't even picture them. Okay, so they're, they have a lot of them in California. They have a lot of them okay. in Rome. Have you ever been to nice. Italy? I've been to Venice, so that doesn't count. Well... Maybe I don't know. I, I doubt there are many like, trees there, at least. Probably, but it's like yeah. they're the really tall, skinny, like evergreens, and they okay. just they go super tall. They're super skinny, and they're amazing. I don't know. I just for some reason Wait. I absolutely love them. Like Cypress Hill, like insane in the membrane. 
Isn't that Cypress Hill? Going insane, ain't got no brain. Yeah, it's Cypress Hill. <laughs> but these these are Roman Cypresses, so they're like oh, not uh, Cypress Hill, not the uh, yeah, not Cypress Hill, Roman yeah, Cypresses. Band. Yeah, those are my, that's my favorite tree. So that might be our question for the week of what's your favorite yeah. tree, and then uh, and then what's your what's, more what listeners. was choose? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like anyway, that. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good time with your dad. That's yeah. awesome, and found some found some fun. And, and you're at home with your family right now. Yes, I am not back least. in Arizona yet. I'm still in Colorado. I'm with my parents. I'm actually recording in their basement right now, which is pretty large. And you might actually hear an echo. And for those who are listening for the first time, if you hear an echo, that's not standard for our podcast. We usually do pretty good uh, audio quality. So if you're hearing that, just know it's a one time, one off thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> one other disclaimer. thing, yeah, one other yeah. quick thing before we get into the history, um, I forgot. So I had the two ounces of my pour from, um, from, you know, the Buffalo trace sending us and I sent you, mm-hmm. it was a four ounce sample. I sent you two ounces, kept two ounces myself. And then when I look at this sample bottle that I shipped on the, you know, uh, plane, uh, which Uh-oh. maybe I wasn't allowed to, but I brought it with me on the plane. Um, and it looks like it's something in your toiletries bag. So you're like, oh, that's nothing. Um, but it's half full. And I'm like, did the Uh-oh. angel share take it? Or did I only pour so much because I was leaving some for John Montero? Yeah. And I think the latter. But if it's the angel share, well, that's I like a lesson in itself. Like- like Icarus, you flew too high, and the yeah. angels, and the angels yeah. took me. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's the latter, so that John Montero can enjoy his uh, uh, angel share. So um, there you go. But yeah, anything else before we get into the history? Yeah, maples are pretty awesome too. Hey, let's get to that history. <laughs> All right, let's send it to break, and then we'll come on back. We'll talk about George T. Stag. So here we go. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we're talking George T. Stagg on the podcast today. Um, So, this episode officially ties the record of most episodes on a single product. The uh, tie that it matched was uh, Thomas H. Handy, which we've had three different vintages of. Uh, This one also, we've done two different already vintages of George T. Stagg. But the fact is that in these kind of releases, they are always different. And uh, you can never um, assume that one year's George C. Stagg is the same as the next. In fact, this is one of the most varying releases that you could ever have uh, in terms of the same mash bill, same age-ish and stuff like that. Um, but you'll, you'll, this is gonna, I can assure you this is going to be different than last year's, especially even the proof. Last year's proof was 116.9. This one is 130.4. Um, but anyway, episode 87 was the 2018 release of George T. Stagg. And then episode 115, sadly only six episodes ago, uh, was the 2019 release. And I say sadly because I don't like to overlap a lot. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good. Um, but it's, it's hard mm-hmm. with this one because I, you know, I've covered a ton about the person, George T. Stagg, and about the bottle in both those episodes. So in this case, there might be a good amount of overlap, um, but I tried to keep it a little fresh. So first of all, <laughs> who is George T. Stagg? 
so he was born December 19th, 1835, near Lancaster, Kentucky. Uh, in his early life, uh, he actually served in the Civil War in his uh, mid-20s. And he served for the North. Uh, Kentucky was a split state in terms of like allegiances to the North and South. But Stagg was actually a religious man. And it is assumed in history that he chose to serve on the, for the Union because of his religious views regarding slavery. So I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, cool. In, what's that? Where does he lie in East Coast versus West Coast rap? Uh, I don't know, but I know he's in East Coast <laughs> swing. No. That'd be funny, man. You like George T. Stagg rap. Actually, no, I'm not even going to go there. Um, I, I really hope, I really wish you would have just gone into like what you think George T. Stagg would have been rapping about. That would have been dude, made the podcast. I feel like he probably would have been Brooklyn style. Like, um, you know, like almost like like Beastie Boys kind of rap. Like a little bit of that rock, a little bit of that rap, a little bit of that. Bring in the. Uh, a, I think it would be yeah. more limericky. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, for the era and then East Coast, I think that would be the rap of the time. Very limerick Okay. Well, you stick with your limerick, and I'm going to talk Beastie Boys. No, I won't <laughs> talk Beastie Boys. But they're amazing. Okay, let me let me just take it side, aside right now. Dude, talk no, Beastie about Boys three, are amazing. three white boys from New York. J- Jewish. Jewish white boys from New York who mm-hmm. changed the genre of hip hop not like not like they were like well, these these earth turning uh genre changers but they like made it their own and i really respect well, that about the beastie boys i will say absolutely they they kind of brought in a lot of punk yeah like if you listen to no sleep to brooklyn there's like a definite power chord punk riff oh, in yeah. there. but they also made they made hip hop accessible to a white yes country. very much and then so people go people got onto it and they're like okay and then you know anyway Beastie Boys. Yeah. I, mean, I love the Beastie Boys. And then you look at every album. Every single album is the same but different and still amazing. Oh, yeah. But George so, T. Stagg. George T. No, Stagg. No, let me tell you about George T. Stagg. But anyway, so a really quick uh, pour out one for the homie, Adam Yock, MCA. Um, yeah. But anyway, here we go. In his time in the war, he actually did see some action, and he even rose to the rank of aide-de-camp to General Burnside himself. And so I had to ask my dad, I'm like, do you know what aide-de-camp is? And he's like, yeah, he's, he's a big history buff, especially Civil War history. And he knew uh, what aide-de-camp was. It's basically a personal assistant to a high-ranking officer. So it's not like you're like running, like you're a soldier, sure, but you're not like running in the battle. You're more so doing the duties and the, and the, and the you know, go-to work of the, like someone like a general, in this case, General Burnside. But my dad's like, hey, did you know General Burnside was kind of a big player in the Battle of Antietam? And we got into that, but I don't think we have too much time for that right now. But just keep that in mind. My dad knows his history, and he was involved in the Battle of Antietam in Sharpsburg, Maryland. Anyway, he when the war ended, he moved to St. Louis with his family and helped start a company that sold and distributed uh, distributed. Uh, whiskey, among other things. Uh, he was known in the company, though, for his excellent organization and leadership, which likely showed up from his time in the army. Um, and this is how he meets a guy named Edmund Haynes Taylor, which we've heard many times on the podcast, E.H. Taylor. 
And uh, Taylor, who at this time owned the old fire copper distillery in Frankfurt, uh, where Buffalo Trace is now, he apparently owed Stagg's company, the distribution company, quite a bit of money. And George T. Stagg saw this as a great opportunity to get Taylor's distillery out of debt. And Stagg, being a really good salesman and, uh, and just a businessman altogether, he eventually not only got rid of the distillery's debt, but he actually gained control of the distillery through doing that. Uh, now, apparently, Edmund Haynes Taylor and George C. Stagg didn't always get along. And after even a few lawsuits, uh, Stagg renamed the, the company the George C. Stagg and Company, which I have no idea where the C comes from, as you know, <laughs> we mentioned in, 2000, or in the episode 115. Uh, but he named it that in 1890. Sadly, in 1893, three years later, he died, uh, George T. Stagg did. Uh, but in 1904, you know, 11 years later after that, the distillery was actually renamed in his honor, the George T. Stagg Distillery. And that name lasted until 1999, so 95 years. It was the George T. Stagg Distillery until it was renamed to the Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is where we got these samples from today. So... Let's talk about the history of George T. Stagg, the bottle. Uh, so it's been full-time on the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection since 2002, and it has always been a cast-strength, low-rye bourbon. And this is actually a mistake that I've made in the past, is I've called Mashville number one a high-rye bourbon. And Mashville, and uh, George T. Stagg's on the Mashville number one. It's, it is a rye bourbon, meaning that it has corn, rye, and then in this case, malted barley. Uh, but it, you can't call it a high rye bourbon, usually unless it breaks 10 to 15%. There's there's no like really set place there, but I've heard like if you break 15, you're definitely a high rye bourbon. This is likely, and no one knows the exact mash bill, but they can only assume it's less than 10% rye. And, uh, and then the dominant grain, you know, the major grain is corn, of course, because you have to have mostly corn. But then the minor grain or the tertiary grain is malted barley here. Uh, but I do want to correct myself. Every time I've mentioned that Mashville number one is a high rye bourbon, not exactly true, but you could call it a low rye bourbon because it's technically a rye bourbon, but it's not a high status. So sorry about that if anyone's um, thought of that. Um, hazmat Thank years. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, here for you guys. Uh, hazmat <laughs> years, meaning over uh, 140 proof, was 2003. Fall of 2005, every year from 2006 to 2012, 2016, and with the highest proof total in 2007 was a 144.8 proof batch. Man. That's crazy. Now, usually it's around 15 to 16 years old. Uh, It's known to have pretty crazy evaporation loss, like sometimes more than like 75%. Bottles used to run only $80 retail, but it's gone up since. Uh, uncut and non-chill filtered. Hey, that's hey, not the name that's of the not podcast. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, I talked about the awards it, it, it won in episode 115. So if you really want to learn more, even more about George C. Stagg, check out episode 115, the 2019 bottle. Uh, now, what we're drinking today, the 2020 bottle of George T. Stagg. This was distilled in the spring of 2005. Now, Robbie, what were you up to in the spring of 2005 spring 2005 i was just getting done teaching my first year no 
Yeah, my first year of school. I love it. And that. I was getting ready to move back to Spokane to marry my beautiful wife. Nice. What were I you doing? That. I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Pulling with the 15 pranks with the homies. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> you know, that was like this bottle was distilled half my life ago. Which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy for me to think about. Um, yeah, 15 years, four months exactly, um, was the age of this one. The barrel entry proof, as all stags are, is 125. But um, last time, the uh, episode 115, the uh, proof went down to 116.9 at the barrel proof. This one went up um, to 130.4 proof. Now, as I mentioned before, the mash bill is dominant corn, specifically Kentucky corn, two types of Kentucky corn. Then um, what was the rye? The rye was uh, Minnesota rye. And then it is the, the remainder is uh, North Dakota malted barley. So uh, as opposed to the Sazerac or the rye mash bill is the opposite. It's corn. or it's, No, I'm sorry. It's rye, then corn than barley yeah yeah rather than corn than barley so a little bit different but similar you know and the the types of grain were the exact same it's just the ratio evaporation loss for this release is 59 percent i believe they've totally stopped giving the bottle or barrel counts a year or two ago so i have no idea how prevalent this is going to be this year um but uh yeah, just a big, big thanks again to Buffalo Trace Distillery for yes. providing this sample. Uh, as we said, objective reviews, but we are so grateful for this opportunity. Total wine price, uh, just, I'm just going to say it's $99 retail, but I'm um, seeing typically on the secondary market at least four to $500 um, if you were to buy it again. I don't know about this year, but in past years, that's the case. Let's drink. What do you yes, say? Let's, let's do. Let's do the drink. Let's All do right. it. Glug, 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 glug. I can't believe, I'll be honest, I'm gonna, I can't believe, so I've been on the podcast, what we said, it's been since January. 40, 40 plus this is, now. This is my second George T. Stag that I've drank it on the podcast. and I believe it's actually your third. Um, because is it my third? episode 87 was after you started. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. you would... Yes, because you and Adam were supposed to do that one. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. And then it got messed up, and it's, yeah, I'm drinking. This is my third George T. Stag I'm drinking on the podcast, which is kind of ridiculous. If yeah, you know what I mean, what a pour, yeah. what a pour. So, so in the past, before excited. I get into the notes, um, in the past, I've mentioned this many times, but if this is one of your first episodes, my the best whiskey I've ever had was the 2016 release of George T. Stag. And it was a 142.1, or was it a one? Yeah, I think it was a 140, no, yeah, one four, I want to say 142.1 proof, um, but it was insane. But anyway, I'm not getting too many notes on the In nose. the membrane. what's wrong with my nose. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> it all <laughs> it comes, comes back. back. Go ahead, Robbie. So, hey, okay, so let me, let me ask again, what is your... What is your method for drinking whiskey again? Like this sniff and stuff. Because I know you guys have, you always used to talk about the method, and I've had to revise my method lately. So I'm just curious, what is it that you do? So, you know, what I do these days, or what is the method these days? What, either way, I don't know. So, so what I, I mean, I just sip it these days and, 
you know, just, I mean, my okay. mouth is so accustomed to the burn that I don't get much except for, you know, last week's episode. Um, but I usually try to avoid bringing too much oxygen into my mouth while I'm sipping. I don't know. Okay. That's about it. Okay. So, well, cause see, now I've been stuck in this rut where every, like, it doesn't matter what whiskey I'm drinking. It goes to latex first, which is my least favorite note. I know I've said uh-huh. it a billion times. Maybe so it's the sample bottles. No, because you said it on a few that you had of your own. That's true. So what I've had, I've learned though is, I'll do a deep one from the nose first, and then I do a lot of inhale. I do like three or four inhales with the mouth and the nose in the, in the, um, the glass. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's kind of where I'm at now. So I'm just curious if what you know, like tasting wise, it's, it's usually different than my nose, but my nose always gets latex. So I start doing both in the glass. Mm-hmm. So if you get this weird, like, Robbie's huffing paint kind of a sound on the podcast, yeah. it's not paint. It's just trying to avoid the glue. Tech, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I guess I, it's glue would be huffing. So I can, I, I like to think that I can tell it's Mashville number one uh, because I love Mashville number one, and it always reminds me of apples. Yeah. First note right off the bat. Very sweet. Um, mm. now I don't have the glasses, like I use my parents' glasses and they're just old fashioned glasses. Um, so they're not like Glen Cairns or anything mm. like that, but, um, I'm not getting really good nose out of those. So I've been sniffing from the bottle here, uh, and the, the little sample bottle and it's much better on the sample bottle. Oh, that's pleasant. That's really caramel. nice. Toffee, caramel, yes. apples, super nice sweetness, lots of apples. I could sniff this all day. Yeah, it's good. I went for. Uh, have you gone for a sip yet? Not yet. Talk about it. Mm. This is perfect. So I think, especially coming from last week, where we had the handy and it was just heat over heat over heat, which is kind of fun. Um, mm. But for what you would pay secondary on that, not. I would say the fun's not worth the value, kind of thing. This has exactly what you want in a bourbon. Yeah. It's got a nice sweetness. It's nice and mellow, but then it kind of kicks in a little bit. It's got a nice warm mouthfeel on it. Apples, you got the caramel, the sweetness. It's 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 a sharper sweetness too. Um, yeah, yeah, this is good. I mean, this might be. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. this is definitely better than 18 and 19. Um. It definitely burned on my tongue oh. at the front. Um, I don't know if that was just me or just how I drank it or how it is, but that burn turned into this epic sweetness. Candy, like it reminded me of candy. Like, mm. and I'm not, dang it. Like, you know when, okay, this is a little bit of what I'm getting. Do you remember those okay. um, strawberry candies that were like wrapped and they look like a you know green and red strawberry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the little I'm getting jelly hints of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, but I love it. It's like really well balanced with the you know the actual caramel and the apples that I'm tasting. Uh, so, but I'm going for a second sip. I will say like there's it, the sweetness is really there and it's really mm-hmm. nice, but it, it cuts kind of like a tart, like almost a Granny Smith kind of an apple. Like it is mm-hmm. pronounced, mm. and then it's not tart like a Granny Smith, but it's got that like tanginess to the sweetness if that makes sense it's really good yeah this is one of the best whiskeys i've ever had 
what's the proofage on it? Uh, 130.4. Oh, perfect. I can already assure you now, listeners, that this is either in the exceptional range or the top 10 I've ever had range. This is okay. so good. Um, the, the only thing that's lacking from this to like one of my favorites ever is the burn is a little stronger than I'd hoped. But it, it does fade into the sweetness, but there's still a little metallic burn just on my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still worth, I mean, it's still easily one of the best I've ever had. Well, I think um, that, that gives a little bit of character because it's like yeah. it has it has the flavor that you want from a bourbon, but it also has a little bit of kick to it too where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you, I mean, we drink a lot of whiskey. Mm. And to get that where you're like, it's got the flavor and the kick. That's special. You know, it's, it's, it hits you on multiple levels, which is good. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. If I can get a bottle of this this year, I'd be very happy. Yeah. So I'm going to add a little sure. water. I added some and I got, I mean, I'm getting a little more vapor, which isn't surprising. Um, but l- the sweetness is still really there. It didn't really mute things for me. It just got a little more vapor on top of it. So they're like that apple sweetness the tartness uh like cutting like a tart is still there mm. yeah all right let me go for a sip so i'm doing a dropper through a straw and it's not working very well oh there we go i just got oh what do you think Ooh. i think it's a better Ooh. nose it's no, got a better I don't mouth know if it's better nose oh yeah it's got a better mouthfeel i'll tell you that much for me nice it just, it took like, so neat wise, the mouthfeel, it was like sweet, sweet, sweet. And then all of a sudden it was like, here's your burn, which is nice. The mouthfeel for this though, it's like, it's just a slow burn. It's like, it's when the fire has been crackling for over an hour and you throw that log on and you wait a, wait 15, 20 minutes and it's all like charcoaly. It's like that nice burn where you're like, that's right where you want to be, that sweet spot. Yeah. And this has that. It's like with the water, it's just... It's a nice feel for sure. So, and, and the water didn't bring any bitterness. It didn't change anything too much. A little more vapory, but oh, I like. I think I like it with water. I'm trying to give it another shot. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, I still got Ooh, a lot yeah. of burn, but I'm like, did I give it enough water? So I gave it one small little drop more in the little that I have left, um, and I'm gonna sip it again. Oh no! I'm telling you, for me, I did two two small drops and probably probably like a half an ounce on it within mm-hmm. with yeah with half an ounce neat two drops of water, mm-hmm. and I've got like I still got a nice subtle burn in my mouth. It's like oh, it's like a perfect perfect fire in the fireplace where it's just dying down. Oh, towards the end. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, that's awesome. I'm loving the water. I think I, uh, no, not for you. I think I like the need a little more. Yeah, it's not okay. bad, um, but I think the bulkness of the I'm getting the same notes on both of them, like kind of that nice candy, strawberry, um, toffee, caramel, vanilla, uh, but definitely that candy strawberry. I am getting a tiny bit of bitterness though. Tiny. Oh, yeah. I didn't get any. I didn't get any, um, so I mean, it's not surprising you're getting a little bit, but yeah. But I like it a little more neat. Um, 
but only and it wasn't that different and that tiny bit is like i've said a tiny bit it's not that much but this is hot i mean like i feel like i'm already feeling it but i also did uh, basically re-entry buzzed before you know we recorded on um Ooh, what were you drinking before uh this i went to my favorite liquor store in Colorado i was gonna Springs. ask you if you went to veterans Heck yeah. And anyone in the Colorado Springs area, hit up Veterans Liquor on Austin Bluffs and Academy. Um, no, it was great. I literally spent two hours there. And actually, remind me next oh, episode nice. uh, to talk about how I was a part of a barrel pick tasting while I was there. Ah, no. Dude, that's like okay. a dream. That's been a lifelong dream for me, basically. And it was a good bourbon that we got to try. And it was it was from Shut a local up, Cole. Colorado Shut one. Up, yeah, stop. Stop. I don't, yeah. Wait till next time. I'm asking wait till the next, next episode, yeah. which I can't wait so. to hear. That sounds awesome. So I'm oh, taking good, the man. smallest last sip of my water. Pour. So speaking of reentries, I'm getting a little, I get a little bit here. Um, Sazerac has been hitting the shelves in Idaho, mm-hmm. and nice. Um, yeah, so I, I picked up a bottle and had a little bit before the podcast. Just Isn't kinda, it just good? It is good. Well, that's the thing. So we did the Sazerac, uh, uh, was 18. 18. Yeah. And it just wet my whistle. And then like, I've seen it, seen Sazerac on our shelves quite a bit lately. And then yeah. the other day I was like, I just got to get a bottle after we did the, the episode. Cause it was like, that's yeah. so good. So yeah. So this is my re-entry here as well, but this is, oh man, ice. Dude, I, okay. So here's the I'm thing. adding it now. My, uh, bus driver is dropping that cue. <laughs> so this is the thing. It's like neat, good. Water, good. Ice, the nose is good. Oh, nice. that's good. It's got it's got all three facets, which is nice too. Um like last week it was just all heat, all heat, yeah. all heat. And mm-hmm. this I'm like, okay, I can play with this, you know. This is awesome. I'm loving it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think ice is really you know, typically be like, oh, it's it's everything's there, but it's muted. Dude. But this, with this, it's like the ice is almost a little bit. I mean, it's a little more pronounced. I'm getting a little more of that tartness, a little bit more of the apple. Like, you're right. It's good. What are you getting? This is this might be better than the neat pour, which I hate to say about one <laughs> an antique collection bottle, and two a cash strength antique collection bottle, and three George T. Stag itself. This wow, is that's the thing good too. with ice. Man. Have you sipped it yet? Yeah. And it's like, let me let me pull out some notes real quick. But like, first sip, I was like, this is good. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Ice might be the best. I hate to say it, but it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. So that's like, oh, man. Yeah. There's some complexity there. There's a lot more mm-hmm. going on. Mouthfeel I mean, wise, like it's it's all sweet for a long time and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of burn on the back end. Yeah. Mm. But that burn that I was talking about, that like might be a little too like that's the only reason I wouldn't give it like top three or top ten I've ever had. Uh it goes away with the ice and all those flavor notes, all those tasty notes still there on the palate. Um, so sweet, so beautifully sweet, and that's what I love about George T. Stag is it's always sweet, and I love a sweet, powerful whiskey. 
Um, let me try to pull out some notes on this sip real quick, but anything you're catching? Dude, I, I'm all about the mouthfeel on this. Mm-hmm. It is perfect. This is mm-hmm. exactly, I mean, especially for right now, like this is, oh, I don't know. This is a year round kind of thing, I think. Never mind. I'm not saying right now, like, yeah. I could sip this on the porch in the spring. I could yeah. sip this by the pool in the summer. Yeah. Sip this in the fall. I could sip this next to the Christmas tree. Like this mm. is, this is phenomenal. This might be one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. And yeah. I t- I've typically reserved that for. I want to say more scotch. I think more scotch is typically like mm-hmm. in Japanese whiskeys is more where yeah. I kind of go for my favorites. But this mm. is so perfect. So. Um, in like mm. to the 2016 release of George C. Stag, my favorite or not my favorite, my the best I've ever had, which I differentiate from my favorite, uh, the best I've ever had. It reminded me of Grandma's apple pie. This doesn't. Um, this is this is candy, um, much more candy than it is like a soft, um, you know, baked apple pie with a little bit of caramel in there. You know, um, this is fruity candy first not baking apples not caramely this is candy for me first and i love it um this reminds like like the candy almost like i got on the um single oak project barrel 16 oh man but not as good i i think i prefer the single oak projects to this um but I feel like this has a lot of just great potential. I really hope I get a bottle of this this year. Cross my fingers so, on the on the uh, Virginia ABC lottery. So funny thing you mentioned Single Oak Project because it was a year ago today you guys released that episode. So really? kind of fitting. Yeah, well, I was looking at Instagram pulling like all the stuff from the What Whiskey Would You Choose? And wow. I saw that memory come up. So, yeah, so it's a year to the day for that release. Wow. What episode, episode was but, that? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't look at Let's the episode think. number for it. Must have been 60, I don't know, 60, 68 yeah. or something. 69? Yeah. No? Maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, so kind of my thing with the whole this whole, like, we got the samples for the antique. Yeah. Um, Handy really, like, that was kind of a disappointment to me, to be oh, honest. For sure. This feels special. This For is sure. special, and so like always, I, you know, and like the uh, you know we did the the Sazerac, mm-hmm. and that was like exceptional to me. This oh yeah is right there. I don't know if it's better, but it is right. Uh, it is probably better. Well, it's yeah. different. It's definitely different. So it kind of depends on what you want. But for me, That's I'm a loving good point. this. I'm gonna. I'm going to go straight to my rating here. I'm going to go 9.75. Nice. This is so good. Like, you know, especially if you go through the progression like we did. And I'm glad we do yeah. it because going neat, I'm like, okay, this is great. This yeah. is really good. And then I go to the water. I'm like, wow, this is still really good. And it's different good. And then we go to the ice and I'm like, this is great. This is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's all good. So um, yeah. you, if you, I mean... I'm struggling now because the last week we did the episode, I'm like, I'm getting the SAS. That's what I'm putting in for my lotteries. I'm putting yeah. all SASs for everybody. Now I'm like, if I can get a bottle of this, this is amazing too. So anyway, this is a phenomenal bottle. You know, my hat's off to Buffalo Trace because they yeah. they did it again. It's a good one. 
It's a great one. It's probably the best one that I've reviewed on the show. So, so you, you prefer go. this to Sazerac 18? I think I do. It's, I mean, Saz, I mean, it's different. Like, Saz mm. had, a, it wasn't like a straightforward rye, right? It was interesting. It was delicate. This yeah. is kind of like, it's going to punch you a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's going to like drag it. Actually, no, it's not going to really necessarily punch you. Well, it's going to punch you and it's going to hold you on the ground. Yeah. Like, Saz was like a nice warm hug. Oh, this yeah. is like here, I punch you in the jaw and now I, I'm pinning you to the ground. And I'm gonna hold you there. And it's like it just like it just it's there, it's strong, it's good. Yeah, so this is yeah. I think I'll and that thing's what I like a little bit more out of a whiskey. So, yeah, uh, what do you got? For I, you know, I think this is this is fantastic, but I'm gonna give it a 9.5 here, and here's why. Okay, as I believe I gave, um. The some of the some of the top ones in the nine range in my memory are Eagle Bear Seventeen, um, the Blanton Straight from the Barrel that um, Caleb Olson sent us, and then the uh, Single Oak Project uh, Barrel Sixteen, uh, all fantastic. I think at least um, the Straight from the Barrel and the uh, Single Oak Project take this one. I think they take the lead. Okay. Um, but this is incredible. If anyone's willing to try it with ice, you should. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely try it neat first, especially if you're getting it at a bar. Um, but yeah, oh, it's just fantastic. Uh, just the candy. Like people that have caught on to my style know that I love candy, um, especially with a good cash strength whiskey. And. Um, this is like to re- to to remind anyone who's not listened to the Blanton Straight from <laughs> the right Barrel. There? Yeah, I know I had like a weird hiccup. Um, uh, it, for those who listened to the Blanton Straight from the Barrel episode, know that there was a butterscotchiness on that one that just blew my mind. And then on the uh, Single Oak Project, there was a like a fruit roll up, uh, fruity flavor that just also blew my mind. This one blows my mind. Not as pronounced as those two, though. So that's that's why I gave it a 9.5. Still, easily one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. In in terms of the show, yeah, top 10. Um, yeah. Top 10 I've ever had, maybe not. Um, maybe, oh. definitely top 20. I can assure you yeah. top 20. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Gosh, you just um, took me on an emotional roller coaster there, Cole. Yeah. Whoa. No, yeah. In, in terms of the 120 or so episodes that we've done, this is definitely top 10 yeah if not top five um but that i've had before that maybe not top 10 definitely top 20 so anyway like i said very good 9.5 happy to give it so that's what i got yeah this is a good one man i'm like yeah yeah, very excited yeah so and i would say if if you get a chance to get a pour of this if it's like you go to a bar and you buy it um definitely try it neat and then just your last little bit just get the smallest cube in there and see what you think because i think ice i mean i get it if i were to buy it yeah um and we didn't have the process we have here i probably would never go close to the ice and i would still love this whiskey um going to the ice it was really good it made it colder too which i don't think we mentioned it was nice that was really good yeah so anything else cool uh no let's send it to our next segment Whiskey World News. 
All right, this is part of the show where we read, where we oh gosh where Man. we read an article. Hundred thirty yeah, proof, baby. <laughs> We're going to read an article. That's a probably you, better way to say. it. Did you drink the whole thing? No, no, I got I got yeah. some a little bit left in my glass here and a little bit left. Hopefully, in the sand, I do so. too. Now go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so I'm, I am going to read an article, and we're going to talk about it. So this one comes from the Whiskey Wash, and it comes from Nino. Uh, Marchetti. Well, did you, I just noticed this. Have you ever He's seen his middle name? got a middle name now, or like a second uh, last name now. Yeah, I never yeah. noticed that, but uh-huh. it's Nino. Is Nino a guy or a gal? You know, that would blow my mind if Nino's a woman. Like, in, just, in terms so- of I've always thought it was a man. <laughs> Seriously, well, you just assume so, but yeah. now it's hyphenated. It's Nino Kilgore hyphenation Kilgore. Marchetti. Get it, Kilgore uh, Marchetti. I like Kilgore too. I'm like, dang, Kilgore, Nino Kilgore. Yeah, Marchetti. it sounds pretty, pretty. Uh, it's like manslaughter, Kilgore. <laughs> we gotta reach out to Nino Kilgore. We really do, Marchetti. Tell him he's we our should. favorite writer. Or she, I don't know. Yes, you got a point there. And then I will say it's kind of sexist because as soon as I see the hyphen, I assume it's a woman. And a guy could take a gal's name, kind of like Saving Silverman. Heck yeah. Um, have you ever seen the movie Saving Silverman? Not yet, no. Oh, well, not yet. It came out in like 2004. But yeah. it's got Jack well, Black, still see the it. guy from... It's good. Who was who the anyway, other guy Steve again? Steve Zahn. Oh, Steve Zahn, yeah, heck yeah. Jack Black, and it's got the... Guy from uh, American Pie. Oh, yeah. But What's his name? It's, I don't uh, know. I don't know. It's not worth mentioning. And then, yeah. Anyway, Amanda Peet is the girl. Anyway, so anyway, yeah. good one. Check it out. Anyway, here we go. So anyway, this is titled, Jack Daniels names Chris Fletcher as its new master nice. distiller. Nice, yeah. Of the many master distiller roles out there across the whiskey industry, one of the most high-profile is certainly the position of Jack Daniels in Tennessee. Until recently, this spot was held for a good number of years by one Jeff Arnett. His stepping away from it last month, however, created an opening, and now Daniels assistant manager Chris Distiller, Chris Fletcher, has been formally tapped to take up the master distiller mantle. Jack Daniels' new master distiller, Chris Fletcher, noted the brand had previously served in the role as assistant master distiller for six years, playing into its story as story is also the fact he is born and raised in Lynchburg, where the nice. distillery is located. And also that he heralds from a family distilling tradition, being the grandson of former master distiller Frank Bobo, who served in the role from 1966 until his retirement into 1989. Nice. Fletcher worked at the Jack Downs interestingly sketches back to, stretches back to, oh gosh, this, this one's catching up to me. 2001, <laughs> where he worked as a part-time tour guide while attending wow. college. He graduated with a uh, bachelor's in science in chemistry from Tennessee Technological University in 2003 and began to work as a chemist with Brown Foreman in research and development for eight years. Uh, following several years working in the bourbon industry, Fletcher came back home to the Jack Daniels uh, distillery, picking up the position he was in before today's promotion. It's an honor to be named master distiller here at Jack Daniels and join a line of folks who made it the best whiskey in the world, said Fletcher in a prepared statement. Which <laughs> That's so condescending. In a prepared statement. Uh, Over the last 17 years, I've been able to learn and work alongside so many talented whiskey makers, and I'm very grateful for the mentors I've taught me, including Jeff Arnett, who taught me so much. Our distillery team here in Lynchburg are the best in the business, and I cannot wait to continue work with them crafting the world's favorite Tennessee whiskey. 
So I'll go and stop there. But uh, I don't know, Cole, any thoughts there about that promotion? What blew my mind, what encouraged me the most, I guess, is that this guy started as a tour guide. Okay. At Jack Daniels. And he worked his way up. And like, I'm like, I think to myself, if I, I like, I would love to be a master distiller. That would be like the coolest thing ever. Um, but like for yeah. someone to like start low and then work his way up, I mean, like what, 19 years and he already is master distiller of probably the greatest producer of whiskey in US. I think I want to say like in terms of like when I say the greatest, I mean the highest producer um, of whiskey in the US. Um, that's awesome and if i want to like become a master distiller to be able to work my way up in some sort of distillery would be like amazing and like i say 19 years that sounds like a lot but it's also like to go from a tour guide to like pretty much the most distinct role as a whiskey related role not like a business related role in a distillery that's so cool to me i'm blown so good for you you fletcher dude seriously good for you but at the same time, like, uh, you know, you see a lot of these master distillers are in their, like, late 40s, like Jimmy early Russell, 50s. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a while to get there, so that's pretty cool. For sure. Um, and I think, I think you, you know, they, like, the world's greatest, or America's greatest whiskey. I'm like, well, eh, but America's most recognizable. Yeah, sure. for sure. America's mm-hmm. most, you know. And, I don't know. So one of my thoughts, and I want to ask you. Like when I think of Jack Daniels, I don't necessarily think of them putting out anything that's past the fast food, I guess. Yeah. Oh man. No, I me. mean, very few. You things. know, so very I mean, like, like, do you see a master distiller in that position really being influential, or is it just like they just wanted to say, like, can you tell if this is the same as the last barrel we had? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's the funny thing. Do you think his skills would be transferable to somewhere like uh, Heaven Hill or, you know, Buffalo Trace or Four Roses? I don't know about yeah. that. But, like, to be a master, I don't know. I also heard that, like, being a master distiller isn't all it's crapped up to be. Like, it's a lot of tasting for consistency. You know, like, uh, Elmer T. Lee was the master distiller before Harlan Wheatley at Buffalo Trace, and it just seemed like all he did was taste all day. But then again, Harlan Wheatley (laughs) also has a very good, um, what do you call it, like, PR presence. He's, um... So, like... Yeah. You could be a master master distiller at Heinz Ketchup Factory and be like, yeah, "Yeah, this... (laughs) That tastes like the last bottle of ketchup I tried. You got a point there. So I don't know. Yeah. But but still I'm like yeah, no It is an honorable like, title though. It is. Because you look at like someone like Jimmy Russell, for example, and he was able to say, not only does this taste consistent to the last batch, but he was also able to create his own um like he he put together Russell's Reserve and Russell Single Barrel and uh like uh Ameri- or what is it Kentucky Spirit and those kind of releases he was in charge of or at least he was behind those so i think that's the cool thing and hopefully this Fletcher guy gets an idea because uh Jack Daniels is not known for their special editions like Sinatra is cool yeah. sure and you're and don't get me wrong it's it's a cool release but they're not on top of the special release game um uh, they're you know you only see Jack Daniels green label black label um gentleman jack uh, uh, single barrel, single barrel, barrel, barrel proof, and their rye and rested rye, and then their standard rye, their single barrel. Oh, rye. that's it. Yeah. 
You just said you only see and you listed off yeah, things for like, about 15, 20 seconds. nothing is like antique collection. Nothing stands out. Nothing yeah. is like every year this is going to be different. Like like a Parker's you know Heritage or like a E.H. Uh, e. Taylor, yeah. That might be a good episode too. Try to get a couple of those bottles where they try to distinguish and see if we can see a difference. I don't know. I mean yeah. like, because when I think Jack Daniels, like I don't, I don't have a problem with Jack Daniels. It's just, you know, I feel like for their standard bottle, you pay more for the label, you know, like yeah. for rock and roll. Well, it's like, still pretty uh, cheap. You know. <laughs> but still, I mean, like, it's, but it's, I mean, it, at least, mm-hmm. you know, like Old Forester is cheaper. You know, Buffalo yeah. Trace is cheaper. And, and I would say they're better. Yeah. But so yeah, I feel like I you're, you're paying more for like the nostalgia aspect of it. So for sure. I, I don't know about but cheaper, you, but in that realm, yeah. Cause isn't like can't you get like Jack for like seventeen bucks, like a seven fifty? Um, maybe not. I, maybe it's like twenty. I want to say like it's so. I don't want to say it's like twenty five. Really? So you could get uh, Buffalo Trace cheaper. And Buffalo Trace is like twenty four, twenty three. Yeah. So it's a little slightly cheaper. And Old Forester is definitely cheaper. Oh yeah, they're like seventeen so, for the eighty six proof. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, so I don't know, but it's still, I mean, I think that's one cool thing too. Like, you know, to the next, I mean, we've had the bourbon boom, boom, and uh, it's like, yeah. you know, maybe he's young enough where he's like, you know, let's try some other stuff. Let's be more adventurous. Yeah. Let's try something different. Or he's at least maybe not now. Maybe he's around long enough where he feels solid in his his reputation. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're gonna do something different now. Here we go. So I, I would I cool. would respect that. Yeah, but it's a big deal either way. Like if. I was named master distiller of uh, Jack Daniels. First of all, I crap my pants because I have no idea what to do. <laughs> Second of all, I'd be super excited because I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to sip whiskey all day. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else? No. I think it's time for our next segment. What whiskey would you choose? Well, Cole, I'll tell you what whiskey most people chose when it came to... So we did like super what whiskey would you choose this week on the yeah, stream. Because, right. because we got out of our rhythm. And I'm we a rhythm We got a lot of responses. Guy. We did, which is nice. Because last week, you know, um, last week's episode we did the what whiskey would you choose of... You know, I went to the cabin. I was leaving a bottle for the host um, mm-hmm. just to say thank you. And you went with Caribou Crossing. I went with Stranahan's. Yeah. And uh, you won by okay. almost 20% there, 59% to 41%. Okay. Um, and some good write-ins. So Nathan Anthony 17 said he would do 1792 Full Proof, nice. which great bottle for sure. A little harder to find lately. Some places. For yeah. me at least. Yeah. And then Joel Nemo 9 said Makers 46. Just don't know why. Just popped into his head. And I like, like it. That's a great bottle, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Acura Fatboy went with Weller. Uh, nice. Broke. Yeah, yeah. If you can find it, that's a little trickier. Yeah. I'm like, if if I let someone stay at my house and left me a bottle of Weller, I'd be like, you stay whenever you want. Thank you uh, so same, much. Yeah. Same with our Canadian turtle friend, Broskatikonosa. Uh, he's Bland's crowd pleaser, relatively pricey. No one will be upset with that. And I'd yeah. say absolutely stay at my house every other weekend. I would love for you to leave me Bland's. Yeah. So seriously. that was that was two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And last week was uh, what whiskey made you? And I like this one. I think we got to do this one more often. I have this a feeling it's going to come one, out. Yeah. We'll come out again around Thanksgiving for sure. But uh, what whiskey has made you happiest this week? Mm-hmm. And you went with uh, Baby Saz. I went with E. H. Taylor uh, Bottle and Bond. 
Nice. And I won that by a lot. So, I mean, if we yeah, average out percentages, I'm killing you this week because I went, I got 67%, you got 33%. Um, yeah. A couple of our write-ins, Dramhound went with uh, Wild Turkey Mash and Keep 17-year Bottled and Bond, which uh, I think I only had the 18, and that was amazing. Is that, we did the 18 on the podcast, right? Which one? I missed it. Wild Turkey Master's Keep. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We haven't done it yet. No, have no, we? No, we did. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, we, we did, did a one special. I forget what, what proof it was, yeah. I want to say it was eighteen. the, the eight, uh, Master's Keep 18. Oh, we did the Cornerstone really Rye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we did Cornerstone. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking Master you were saying the, uh, what was the one that's just barrel proof? No, we didn't do that. Which one's that uh, again? What do you, I always forget what the name is. No, we haven't done that yet. Okay. Wait, what we did the Master's Keep. Master's Keep? No, what was the other one? Rare Breed. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said really? Okay, yeah, Rare Breed. You're right. Yeah, so go on, go on, go on. Have we not done Rare Breed? I don't think so. We bring it up enough, I would have thought we had. No, anyway, I think so, I might yeah. have done that when I was at your place. Maybe. That's a good Maybe. feeling where we forgot what we've done so far because we've done and 121 a, episodes. That's a good feeling. So anyway, Dream Hammond with that, and I'm like, that's that's a good happy one right there. If I had that, I'd love it. Uh, Nathan Nathan 17 went with Smoke Wagon, Uncut, Unfiltered. Nice. And then Joel Soon to be M- future oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joel M09 went with Been Drinking Cheaper Drams. Out of them, I'm picking the Russell Reserve Single Barrel. That's a good one, too. Nice. Uh, That's a really good one. AR, AR underscore Wine and Spirits Distillery 291 Small Batch Rye. 291? Nice. Yeah, that's that from Colorado Cole? Springs, baby, where I'm at now. Oh, huh. Is that a barrel pick? Do they do barrel picks? They do... Okay, uh, well, we'll talk more about barrel picks next, year, I next don't episode. Remember. Yeah. All right. And yeah, then uh, Accurate Fat Pie went with Old Forester 1910. And I'm a huge oh, Old stuff. Forester fan now. I'm yeah. loving Old Forester. Yeah, you get um, that uh, 72% corn, 18% rye, 10% malted barley. Am I right? <laughs> Same as Woodford. I have, I have no idea because I'm an idiot. Um, no. all right, and then, uh, our Canadian turtle friend went with, uh, he said, his my whiskey I called and told me, put Blanton's aside for him, not the Stag Junior he wanted. But hard Love to find it. out, find right now. And when the whiskey guy calls, you got to answer. And that's the truth. When your whiskey guy says, I got this for you, you take it, right? I couldn't be happier for that guy. I, w- I feel like his name's William, but I might be wrong. Um, but bro, Eskatosa, good for you, man. I'm so happy you got a bottle of that, especially in cool Canada. Guy. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. He, uh, uh, I, want, I want to be invited over to his house and I want to eat his food. Yeah. Like he's always cooking something. Like uh, yeah. we follow him on Instagram. He's always got something like interesting. Well, and so does Jason Preston. Actually, he's well, got food th- stuff all the time. Well, that's the thing. I think with like with whiskey comes, yeah, just this like you want to have good flavor. You want to have oh, for so sure. like a lot of the people we follow, like Caleb Olson, posts stuff where I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to try that. You know, like. You know, uh, accurate fact, I post stuff. I'm like, that looks good. Like food, yeah. food and whiskey. Like it just makes you happy. So like a lot yeah. of, if you're listening to our podcast, you probably have good food. So yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, cool. So for the this sake week, of time, um, we are, and we're, we're, this might be our longest episode yet. And we were trying to cut down our, 
shooting the breeze segment. Oh, but I think gosh, we did. I just looked at the time. Oh, no, yeah, don't right. worry about okay. it. No, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep going and be natural. We're gonna act naturally. Um, so this week, what we'll post on Instagram is this. I got to spend some really good time with my dad this week, and you know we went to the national parks in Utah and got to go camping together. Let's just say time with your dad. Um, I know this would mean a lot to you, Robbie, um, but if you were to go, just spend some good time with your dad and bring a whiskey that you'll both enjoy, what's one of the first ones that comes to your mind? I'll let you go first, Robbie, unless, unless you're having trouble. Well, no, I have an idea. Okay, so I've mentioned it before, and it's McCormick Platte Valley corn whiskey is probably the one nice. I would choose. Mm-hmm. But I've done that before. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'll just, for the sake of the podcast, I'll switch it up. And the other one he would get, if he couldn't, <laughs> if he couldn't find Platte Valley corn whiskey, he was drinking early times standard, which Dude. to me is not, <laughs> it's, well, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but he, that's what he would get. Well, so I just I got, drinking, I just got their go early times today. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. No. Yeah. So not the, the standard, standard I got their like nice one. Yeah, so standard is not my favorite. It's pretty cheap, but you know that's what my dad would pick up for me. So that's what so I'm going with. Early did time your standard. dad drink the Platte Valley? He loved Platte Valley. Oh, that's great. That's, yeah, he because uh, so Platte Valley it's in Kentucky, but Nebraska has a. He grew up in a Platte Valley in Nebraska, so he was like, "This is this is great whiskey, isn't it, Rob?" And that's it's, awesome. It grew on me, and it's corn whiskey, and we're corn huskers. So yeah, that's what I would typically go with, but I'm gonna switch it up because I've done that before. I know what For whiskey sure. would you choose, so I'm going early time standard. What about you, Cole? I like that. So I am actually gonna go with one I have done before, only because uh, we popped a bottle of this this week, my dad and I, and nice. uh, my dad said this just keeps getting better, and that is Buffalo Trace standard. Um, nice. And that, yeah, I think like, you know, in the future, if we ever do some hangout like that, I will go out of my way to get a bottle of Buffalo Trace because it is always good and it keeps getting better. So that's what I'm going to go with this week. That's good. Yeah. You know, so I really, uh I I hope, I hope you have plenty more hangouts with your dad. I really do hope you get that. Yeah. I hope that, uh, school is, you know, continuing to get better for you and, uh, you're having a good fall, and it continues to be a great fall for you. Cole, I hope our listeners pick the right whiskey next week, which we didn't talk about yet. Yes, so I hope that our listeners make a really good choice between the bottles of William LaRue Weller for 2020 or Eagle Rare 17 2020. So keep an eye out on Instagram. I hope you do, listeners. But most of all, listeners, I hope our love of spirits lifted yours. 